Hello, and welcome back to the Wannabe Jedi podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Josh. And we have a very special guest today. David? This is David Triana of the Followers of the Force podcast. And for those of you that don't know, we've started this trend of having some guest stars, and this is our first Star Wars podcast guest star. We're really excited. Um, When we first kind of started getting this collaboration together, we reached out and asked David what would be like his ideal characters and he said kanan so david what do you like about kanan yeah oh man that's a good question i think the biggest thing is that when we saw kanan in star wars rebels and also when we read about him in the uh, novel a new dawn he was just a different kind of character a character that i don't think we'd um seen yet in star wars kind of like if han solo was a jedi he was this this guy who obviously felt the effects of Order 66 firsthand, witnessing the death of his master, being on the run, um, taking up a different name, giving up his past, basically, turning to, you know, um, you know, drinking to sort of cope with everything, and then finally meeting Hera and being a part of this new family. Uh, and then obviously we see how his story goes in the show, but I think it was a character that, that was really cool to dive into his backstory really cool to see how his mind worked how he dealt with with people how he was he had issues with trust um I th- especially in that clone uh arc in the show yeah, but um with, with rex yeah yeah when yeah. he first meets rex yeah right, right so i think it was cool seeing how he navigates all that and then ultimately spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen rebels but you know becomes <laughs> caleb doom once again when he sacrifices himself it's such a redemption story. Yeah. yeah. I, honestly, it, it feels very human where we see characters and, and ourselves it within Kane and there's people that struggle and, and kind of lose self-identity and turn to substances. And then we see that ultimate redemption, which we hope for that every single human that is struggling with those type of things can do and become. Right. Um, so it's, it's really great. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I'm already good to start asking questions here and I'm going to, I'm going to hit you guys hard. Okay. Which Order 66 survival story is best, Kanan or Cal? Cal Kestis. David, you can go ahead and answer that one first since you're our guest. <laughs> All right. um, I think the one thing that, uh, the one thing that kind of gives Cal a leg up is that one, we're seeing it play out right in front of our eyes in a sort of live action medium, whereas we saw that happen to Kanan in a comic book. So right there, you get more of a, you feel more of a connection to that story where you can hear his voice, you can hear his reactions, you can see his interactions with the clones just moments before all of this goes down. And then you see Jarl Tapal just die right in yes. front of his eyes yeah. uh, and how he deals with that. But he doesn't necessarily follow the same track that Kanan did. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. both of them had to suppress their, their powers and not make that known. But with Kanan, I think it was... I think his his story is a little, or his, you know, relationship with Order sixty six is a little better only because, you know, he gave Obi Wan that idea of changing the beacon to warn Jedi to stay away from the temple, and then he yeah. gets the notice. Oh, every, all the Jedi come back to the temple, and he steals a ship. He starts to go back, and then he receives Obi Wan's message while he's flying, and then he sort of turns around and doesn't meet that fate, and ultimately. You know, with Cal, we still don't know where his story ends. So knowing there, how Kanan... Well, what was that? 
there's a sequel coming out for that yeah 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 so hopefully... okay it's not technically confirmed but it's confirmed it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. a lot of star wars news in the last week so yeah yes yeah yeah but kane and we get to see how that really affected him you know taking ezra under his wing pretty much just teaching on the fly anything that he he was taught um those early years of his life and stuff he remembered and uh you know, he was, he's never a Jedi master. He's pretty much taking this kid because he has these abilities that um, he thinks if Ezra's willing to could be a benefit for the galaxy. And then we see how that whole relationship plays out. So I'll say Kanan um, as of right now. I just thought of another question off the top of my head. This yeah. is something that we def- that definitely <laughs> happens frequently with the podcast is that we just think of questions off the top of the head. So obviously Kanan and obi-wan were put into circumstances where they maybe weren't necessarily ready to take on a padawan right mm-hmm. who do you think is the better teacher though but both of you both of you can answer that i mean we talked about this man we've had a debate about this about who is obi-wan's greatest i guess enemy which you favor darth vader i kind of favor maul but looking at obi-wan's track and how anakin fell to the dark side. I mean, it was not only Obi-Wan's fault, it was the whole Jedi Orders, but I think that Kanan was a better teacher than than Obi-Wan. I mean, looking at Kanan's record, even though he wasn't fully, you know, he did get promoted to a Jedi Knight, and, you know, he wasn't a Jedi Master like Obi-Wan was, but he still succeeded with Ezra, and Ezra, I mean, did have temptations from Maul, from the dark side, Mm -hmm. but it still seemed like Ezra at the end, he sacrificed himself to get rid of Thrawn from the Empire. Yeah. So I, I, that's that's my take on it. So David, what what do you say? Yeah, it's it's funny, you know, both of these characters in Kanan and Obi Wan. The one with Obi Wan, he obviously had he's had to deal with attachments with Satine, um, and even mm-hmm. saying, you know, if there's anyone who would have convinced me to turn away from the Order, it would have been her. And yeah. Kanan, on the other hand, he has Hera, where mm-hmm. we really don't get to see. Obviously, that relationship is there. I mean, it's super obvious from the very beginning. Yeah, but I think. Kanan's willingness to recognize that attachment isn't necessarily a bad thing gives him a leg up because while Obi-Wan has told Anakin about Satine and all this stuff later on you know even in the most recent uh in in this season of Clone Wars there's that little round table and then Bo-Katan's like you know would you do it for my sister and he's like you know he's still keeping that very hard line you know as Palpatine says the dogmatic narrow view of the Jedi uh, and I think Kanan yeah. is, is one who's he's seen he's seen what can happen on both ends. And I think that he understands that almost willingness to tap into the dark in order to heal yourself of pain. And I think that knowing that and knowing that that is real and that exists, I think that ultimately helps Ezra realize that, no, OK, this is not the way to go. Even though we were hinted so many times during the show that he might turn dark, but ultimately yeah. that doesn't happen. So I'll, I, I think Kanan, yeah. because of his uh, his willingness to recognize both the light and the dark, and then even that meeting with the Bendu, recognizing that middle gray area of the Force, I think that gives him a leg up. But who knows? Maybe we'll see some more stuff of Obi-Wan in the series. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys. I think that Kanan is the the stronger teacher of, of the ones that weren't, necessarily we're, we're basically forced to teach i thought that he was stronger mm-hmm. um although kanan did kind of consult bendu during that time so he and ahsoka and and ahsoka right. so he had he had other ways of continuing his training versus obi-wan i mean he did have the support of the council but he also didn't have the support of the council 
So it's very interesting. I actually kind of view Kanan as if Qui-Gon lived, I think that Kanan had the same kind of virtues as Qui-Gon. Like kind of Um, separate from the Order, kind of like doing his own thing like Qui-Gon did. Yeah. From what we've seen, that's what I imagine Qui-Gon would have done if he was still alive. That's just kind of my own headcanon and what I kind of view yeah it, it, it you know i don't know mm-hmm. it, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's accurate or anything um just my take okay so i have a question so i was listening to sam whitwer who voices maul he was he has his own twitch right now and one thing that he said when i was watching one of his twitch uh streams was that he actually tried to go for the voice of kanan I just want to get your approaches. Like, what if he was the voice of Kanan? I mean, Freddie Prince Jr. did an awesome job, and they're close yep. friends. Don't get me wrong. They're Sam Witwer and, and Freddie Prince Jr. are close. So, I don't know. Would it have changed anything? Do you imagine Sam Witwer voicing Kanan? I, I cannot imagine it. After seeing what we what we saw with the Clone Wars in this past, like, two weeks, I, I could not imagine hearing Sam Witwer as Kanan. I don't know about you, but but I could. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sam's played, you know, so many different characters that both have been good, both have been bad. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think it would have been a totally different character, to be honest, if Sam yeah. would have would have voiced him. Um, Sam usually plays yeah. these reserved, reserved, very, you know, brooding figures on TV. If you've watched Being Human, he's a very sort of reserved uh character in that show obviously dealing with the dark side as well but yeah i think freddie i think he did a fantastic job and i honestly can't see anybody else now in that role and and sam he's just a creature of the dark side i mean he does he did the uh the voice for palpatine and rebels until it was mm-hmm. overdubbed by ian mcdermott later on yeah you know yeah i mean i mean i think i think sam sam is a is a character for the dark and and until he plays a Jedi in a future uh game. Not you know, not discounting Starkiller, but yeah, no. <laughs> even then you could you could go either way with that character. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. True. I guess I'll I'll, I'll go back to my question or another question I have, which is uh which post Order sixty six survivor had the strongest connection to the force? So that includes Yoda, Obi Wan, Kanan, Ezra, Bendu like anyone uh, I mean probably not Bendu. But any 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 Jedi that survived sixty six, which one probably had the strongest connection to the Force? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. It, it's a very tough question. I think it depends. For me, at least, it depends what we see with this Obi Wan series. Right. That's true. Because I think that if we see one of the things that was highlighted was he was going to potentially go back and talk to Qui Gon, and and like we were left with um Episode three with him saying i have a way yoda saying i have a way for you to connect with your old master qui-gon so i think it depends how he uses the force during that time but for right now i'm not sure i actually i i don't know i think it could be kanan but he also turned away from the force for a little bit right so it it might be i'm trying to go with yoda because yoda was the the grandmaster of the jedi order yeah right and I, I that's who my gut is telling me to to say but mm-hmm. i mean at that time when we see him on dagobah and empire and and return of the jedi like he's old he's not really i mean he is strong with the force he lifted he showed luke how to lift the the x-wing pretty much and yeah yeah i, I gotta go with yoda because we don't see 
Obi-Wan, like, really used the Force, other than, you know, when he's sensing that Alderaan was bl- blown up or anything like that, but... Right. Persuading the, uh... Yeah, persuading the stormtroopers. The stormtrooper. <laughs> These are not yeah. the droids you're looking for. Um, yeah, that's such a tough but, yeah. question. Yeah. <laughs> I asked the stupid, tough questions that no one else would ask. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I, I mean, after, after watching, uh, this last season of Clone Wars, um, and just seeing what the character did beyond that point, e- even if it wasn't with a lightsaber for a lot of the a lot of that time, but I think Ahsoka, man, I think because of her willingness to realize that the Jedi were not the peacekeepers that they were always believed to be, you know, she she echoes the line mm-hmm. uh, multiple times in the episode where she's like, you know, I was we were meant to be keepers of the peace, not soldiers. And Mm -hmm. the entire time she was with the Order, she was a soldier. The entire time. And I think her willingness to realize that that it's not... Almost even bringing in the the view of... That Luke has in The Last Jedi, you know? To believe that if the Jedi die, the light dies is vanity. I think she kind of realized that right after she left the Order. And then probably right after Order 66, becoming Fulcrum, aiding the Rebellion... Even, you know, to wielding the white lightsabers and telling Vader to his face, you know, I am no Jedi. I think yeah, the willingness yeah. to do that shows a, a commitment to the Force as just a being in the galaxy. Uh, and yeah. I think even even Yoda was blinded by that in the prequels. And, um, you know, they have a little meeting in Rebels, Ahsoka and, and Yoda, mm-hmm. uh, sort of through the Force. So I, I really, and that's why it's going to be so interesting to see where Ahsoka is post Jedi and why I hope we get that series of her looking for Ezra because it, yeah. I really want to know where her head is at at that point yeah because the reason she now didn't come back from the world there. between worlds is only because she couldn't uh she mm-hmm. was supposed to stay there so yeah yeah I, I'm gonna I, I actually right agree with that I, I really do I think yeah. I think Ahsoka I, I think Ahsoka has probably turned into everyone's almost favorite character or at least yeah. top <laughs> five I would say um, Def- definitely, definitely from the Clone Wars movie to now, she's definitely grown as a character and to in everybody's hearts. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yes, yeah. But I, I, I agree with you on that. I think she has the strongest connection with the Force, even though we don't necessarily see the lightsaber skills. I think she has a very strong sense of being and right. how it flows. I mean, in she, and out of everyone. And Order sixty six and the last Clone Wars arc, like when all the clones are firing at her on the hollow table. She didn't yeah, kill def- any of them. She de- well, she deflected all the bullets up and cut her lightsabers through the ceiling. Like that that takes some skill. Not even Kaimundi uh could do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. I I agree with you. Um and we're going to continue this discussion after this short break. Welcome back, everybody. We are here still talking about Kanan, and we still have some other questions. So David, our guest, he has a question lined up for Matt and I. So David, go ahead with your question. All right, guys. So uh, literally just thought of this question, but, you know, we (laughs) see that Kanan suffers the effects of Order 66 when he's a Padawan, and I wonder... If he was a Jedi Master at the time of Order 66, 
and he maybe witnessed the death of his Padawan and was able to escape, how do you think his story would have been different or how do you think it would have progressed from that period uh, going into the original trilogy? Would it, mir- would it have mirrored something like Obi-Wan, something like Yoda, or just something completely different entirely? Mm. Ooh. That, is a, that is a very <laughs> that, that, deep that's question. A good question. <laughs> that is a very deep question. You uh, know, I kind of I kind of mirror Kanan and Cal a little bit. I, I think that their stories are similar, not exact, but similar. So I think it would almost <laughs> I almost feel like we're getting into what would be Fallen Order where um what's her name? Is the Seer. 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 Thank you. I, I feel like Kanan, if he was the master, would almost turn to like Seer. He still steps away from the forest just like Seer did, and then regains that when he has the opportunity to continue as a uh, continue with an apprentice apprentice like Ezra. So my my gut tells me that he turns similar to Seer. Yeah, my my gut tells me that you know how his master sacrificed herself for him. I'm kind of feeling that maybe if he if he was older and like was more dedicated and knew more like if he was a master in, of the Jedi Order. I think he might have would have sacrificed himself for his his Padawan, as we see. Like he sacrificed himself for Ezra and Hera um, mm-hmm. at the end of of Rebels. So I think he would probably, if if that was the case, if that was the situation, then I think he would sacrifice himself for the Padawan or whoever he's trying to save. Right. The only thing I would say about that mm-hmm. is he doesn't. So he experienced that that was the ultimate sacrifice from his master if he's the master he doesn't witness that ultimate sacrifice i don't know if he necessarily sacrifices himself because he's not seeing that that's what you're supposed to do i mean he's got a lot of good in him but he mm-hmm. also is a is a survivor as we see from his um type of character yeah um until the end when he realizes that he needs to make that ultimate sacrifice oh, uh, to save true. everyone so I don't know if we necessarily get to that point then if he if he doesn't have that sacrifice yeah. previously. Yeah, I mean I'm just trying to think like if he was again it's different it's a different situation than what we than what we know of. So <laughs> true, true. But, yeah. Well, that's it. alternate universes are fun, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so talking about his sacrifice, so this leads actually perfectly into my question. So how do you feel about Kanan's overall sacrifice? Ooh. Was it a good great ending for his character? I'm going to say yes. You know, after being blinded, it was almost like the the Kanan Jarrus that we knew from the first two seasons uh, died, and it was a totally new resurrection of a different kind of character. And I think from that moment, the Twilight of the Apprentice into uh, his final episode, I think it was honestly just about being a teacher um, and yeah. being sort of the you know returning to to being Caleb Doom which is how that episode ends you know looking back and you know his his blindness is healed with just one look he tells Hera everything to me it was it's honestly one of the best sacrifices and just best scenes from the animated series or you know any of the films it's just you connected to this character uh from the very beginning when he was you know doing jobs and and you know while still doing it for good reasons had a lot of baggage and a lot of mistrust and then to see that character evolve go through even more trials and tribulations and uh, ultimately sacrifice himself 
for a new family, I think that was a, a really great ending for the character. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting? A lot of people hated that. They hated that Kanan died. They thought it didn't make sense. But for me, it, like we talked about from the very beginning, it's one of the best redemption stories in Star Wars. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really consider yeah. Vader turning back good to be a redemption story necessarily. I think it's more of a protection of his family story. Like Dave Filoni, I don't know if you watched the latest Mandalorian season or the the season uh, behind the scenes stuff, episode yeah. two, where Dave Filoni goes on a full rant for the last 10 minutes and it's beautiful. You should yeah. watch it if you haven't. But <laughs> in that, it talks about how Vader sacrificed himself for his family. And that's not necessarily redemption versus, I think, Kane and Jairus, Caleb Doom is a redemption story. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think that it was very fitting. Um, I, I am completely shocked that people think that it was done dirty to him, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, people just had so much love for the character that they were upset that he was gone. And th- th- we see that through Ezra. We see that through Ezra when he tries to save Kanan in the world yeah. between worlds. And Ahsoka says, no, that if that was his sacrifice, that's, that's what, the continuity of you know the timeline they get into time travel i know matt i remember matt you were very upset with time travel in star wars but <laughs> i uh... i still disagree with it however the way that i since hearing about it i have finished rebels while i'm still not totally for it i think that they did it in a good way that doesn't disrupt everything and it doesn't make it well, why aren't they just going back and making sure Qui-Gon lives or anything like that? So right. I think that they did it in an effective way. Yeah. I mean, throughout that episode, we see that Palpatine tries to get access to this time travel, but yeah. in the end, they kind of close off the gates to it. So it does... It was a one-time thing, hopefully. That, yeah, that last arc, I mean, that last couple episodes, the last four episodes in season four of, of Rebels does definitely give me some chills, especially during that Clone Wars arc on, uh, with the, the, the father, the brother, and the sister. Like, it kind of linked those two, like Clone Wars and Rebels together. So I like I liked that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But leading to my question, because this is actually talking about world between worlds, this is perfect. This is a great question. So the question is, what do you think would have happened if, Ezra did save Kanan in the world between worlds. Like, how would it affect the timeline? How would it affect the whole of Star Wars? What would what would have happened? I know this is like a big oh, question. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh god! Um. So in the world between worlds, because he did I, save Ahsoka, I, but Ahsoka, you you know, we we didn't see her death on screen, so that shows that they in season four. If it's not a. Her. Well, we've seen deaths on screen that still come back. We have Boba now again, remember? <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of, yeah. I mean, that's the that's the the news from yesterday. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But it it's almost like you would then have to choose: do you save Ahsoka or do you save Kanan? Like that's what it comes down to. Saving Ahsoka. Because and and for me, I'm gonna save Ahsoka every time. I love her too much, so. It's not necessarily. I I just don't really see how it would have worked. Yeah, because if he pulled Kanan in, the explosion would have happened and killed himself and Hera, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it wouldn't have made. And then there would be a 
I'm going into like some kind of time travel Doctor Who stuff, but uh, yeah, definitely too much. Uh, uh, time travel also in uh, the Flash too is another another show that you like that has time travel. Yes, <laughs> gets into the paradox. But David, do you have a, a response to the question or? Yeah, I mean, I'll do my best, but I think a, w- a way it could have all panned out after, um, we see in movies a lot of the time and in literature where somebody's brought back from the dead in order to fulfill somebody else's selfish wish. Uh, Like, oh man, I wish this person didn't die. I have the chance to bring them back. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we finally see that they're not supposed to be here anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. they, what happened to them was supposed to happen. And, you know, I'm reading The Hero of a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell. And there's a quote in the book where it says, only birth can conquer death. The birth, not of the old thing again, but of something new. So I think, if um, Kanan has that sacrifice in that moment, he becomes one with the Force. And we obviously mm-hmm. hear him in The Rise of Skywalker speaking to Rey. If that sacrifice doesn't happen there, who knows if that even happens? Who knows yeah. if, if, his, if his death, um, the way it was supposed to happen, was just robbed of him? Maybe he you know, just has this thing like, I was, I was dead. Why did you do this? And it can create a completely new host of of issues and questions that really just didn't need to be there. Whereas Ahsoka's sacrifice at the time was just, I'm giving you guys a chance to escape. And now she didn't really have the need to, you know, go back out into the galaxy. She went deeper in that temple and comes back as, you know, Ahsoka the White. So again, a birth of something new. So I think I'm happy that it didn't, uh, that that didn't happen to Kanan. Uh, and I'm really glad that he went out the way he did. And now Hera has a son Jason. after Jedi. Yeah, Jason Sindula. So, yeah, I uh, I just think it wouldn't have been good. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I agree. We actually just covered Hera, but we were didn't cover this part, which is, do you think Jason is Force-sensitive then? And, and if so, do we get to see a... Because that's a way for um, Kanan to kind of live on. Mm-hmm. So do we see uh, Jason and Hera appear later on in the search for Ezra or in any other form of uh, media? Would you, Do you guys think so? I'll say yes. Obviously, we saw the ghost is still around in episode nine. Whether or yep. not Hera's the one piloting it, whether or not it's Jason, or whether or not it's just Chopper sitting up top and controlling everything. I mean, we don't know. <laughs> So, uh, but, but yeah, I think there are just so many, so much new content coming out, um, with the Mandalorian, with the untitled, uh, Leslie Headland series. There's just so much where these characters can show up and Dave even mentioned it, you know, if there's, there's a lot that can be told with these characters and his famous, you know, we'll see. Those are all his, his answers to all these (laughs) questions. So I mean, we'll see. I, I won't, I definitely won't say no because they don't create characters and they don't, do things just because i think there's always a reason for it whether or not it's in the medium you want there's always a reason for these characters to still be around yeah yeah so then i gotta ask do you want that series or do you want to see that or are you say are you like okay i'm happy with where they're leaving those two i don't need to see more other than the search for ezra but that doesn't necessarily need to involve jason but do you think that do, do you want that to happen do you want to see jason and hera i'd say yeah i mean we've already seen them once before 
Uh, it'd be cool mm-hmm. to see where the character is today. And you can even pepper them in, you know, like I said, in The Mandalorian. Maybe they need help from somebody. And, you know, Jason's still a little kid. It's a little, you know, shot of Jason Sindula. And, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be totally fine with it. I just, I would just hate it that, you know, The Mandalorian's like, oh, man, you know, my cousins, they, they can help. And his cousins are hair and, you know. See, yeah, if it's something yeah. <laughs> like that, then I'm like, okay, no. I'm a, yeah. I'm a pretty big preacher of expanding the universe. Yeah. So I, I'm always for not everyone knowing each other sort of thing. Right. So I, I'm excited. I, I hope that they spin it off. I know that it's been confirmed that we're going to see the Boba Fett actor. I don't remember his name off the yeah, top of my head. He could be... Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, It could be he is in... As like Rex or as a clone. Doesn't necessarily mean that he is Boba. Right. So I, I'm skeptical about that because I... I don't necessarily like that they're kind of connecting everything and everyone knows everyone. So it depends how they do it. Obviously, right. I trust Filoni and um, what's his name? I can't think of his name right now. Oh, Favreau, John Favreau. Favreau. Oh, yeah, John Favreau. Yeah, I I trust both of them to uh, to come up with a story that we will will appreciate. But that's just my my take. Right. That also brings in. I was thinking. It also brings in the fact you know when we talked about. Ahsoka being in the Mandalorian season two. And we talked about how baby Yoda and Ahsoka. So how is Ahsoka going to leave this, this child who's force sensitive with, you know, Mandalorian or what's going to, so if Jason Sindula is force sensitive, does that mean that Ahsoka is going to take or Jason to be like, to learn some of the force or is that something that, you know, you can see in the future of star Wars? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, you know, obviously Hera's a part of the Rebellion. She was around at the time of the Battle of Endor. I'm sure she ran into Luke. Mm-hmm. Who's to say Jason wasn't a student of Luke's at one point? Um, oh, God, you know, that's true. Oh, God, that means Ben that... killed Jason? No? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> well, it... I, I don't think I don't think Hera would have let that happen. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... uh. And, you know, just a little side note, if you guys haven't read The Rise of Kylo Ren, I mean, definitely go and read it. So many new layers to the character of Ben Solo, and you see that things were not as they seemed uh, in his story. So uh, check that out. But yeah, with mm-hmm. Jason, yeah, I mean, I, I think he could have been taught by Ahsoka, could have been taught by um, Luke, could have been taught by, you know, somebody else. Maybe I'm sure there are other Jedi around. Um, that just were never, you know, spoken of. Even, you know, hell, maybe Cal Kestis is still out there. Um, you know, who knows? I hope who so. I, I'm Team Cal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting how the, they uh, make this new content and how they tie it in together. Yeah, yeah for sure. Does anyone have anything else that they want to discuss here? Can't think of anything off the top of my head. That's okay. Well, David, since yes, uh, you're on the show... Why don't you tell us a little bit of how you got into Star Wars? Like, give it, give us your backstory, okay, <laughs> so to speak. Mm-hmm. Oh man, well, I'll tell you, my first memory is of Star Wars. I remember I was in the theater in 1999 watching The Phantom Menace with my dad, and the only like visual memory I have of it was before the screening started. There were these two guys, one dressed as Darth Maul, another one as Qui Gon, and they were actually like battling it out. All the way really? at the bottom of the of the mm. auditorium, just in front of the screen. I remember oh, that's that, amazing. 
And then I remember the moment where Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon run into Jar Jar on Naboo. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the the two first memories of Star Wars I had. And then, you know, growing up, I was a prequel kid. I had, you know, pod racing bed sheets. I had, you know, the Nintendo 64 playing Shadows of the Empire. Then, you know, with the prequel games, Pod Racer, Battle for Naboo, Jedi Starfighter, you know, with the Xbox. And every game that probably came out, for the Xbox and PS1 and PS2, I bought. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then... Uh, Very nice. <laughs> yeah, it was just... It was nuts. I, I don't know how much money I made my parents spend. <laughs> but then, you know, growing up, um, I remember watching Revenge of the Sith in 2005. And then after that, it was... In my head, it was like, okay, Star Wars is over. Um, it was still kind of in the meat of the Harry Potter series. So I kind of turned to that. And then it wasn't until... I heard that Lucasfilm or Disney was buying Lucasfilm that I got back into it. The first purchase I made of like new Star Wars content was uh, the Aftermath trilogy. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ever since then, I, you know, I started the podcast in 2017 because I was doing a, a college assignment that was you had to maintain a blog for the semester. It could be about anything you wanted. It started out as the followers of the Force blog. Then it turned into the podcast, and now you know, three years later, it's this. So it's it's been a wild it's been a wild ride. That sounds like an awesome awesome childhood. Yeah. <laughs> it does sound like an awesome childhood. And why don't you tell all of the uh, all of the fellow Padawans out there where they can uh, listen to the podcast and and uh, plug everything? Yeah, sure. So you guys can listen to us on Spreaker, iTunes, and YouTube. Um, we release episodes usually every Monday, our main show episodes every Wednesday when we have guests, uh, are our, your star Wars journey episodes, which we just bring a guest on the show. We talked about for about an hour about their relationship with star Wars. And yeah, those episodes usually come out every week. We also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash followers of the force. We have a store on T public, which we're adding new designs as much as we can, you know, we're all at home, so I have definitely have the time to do that. So the link will be, was you could find it on our Twitter account. As far as stuff you guys can engage with, um, that's about it. Uh, but as far as, you know, some episodes we have right now that you can listen to, uh, we were very, very lucky to have interviews with um, Paul Hirsch, the Academy Award winning editor of Star Wars and the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, had an interview with him. We had an interview with uh, visual effects supervisor for the original trilogy, Richard Edlund, who he's also coming back on May 21st to talk exclusively about working on Empire, uh, celebrating the 40th anniversary. And then an announcement, which I made yesterday on Twitter, we have Kevin Kiner coming on the show on May 14th to talk about that. Clone Wars. So we've, we're, we're getting very lucky with, with interviews um so i hope you guys check those out and i hope you enjoy them yeah that that's really cool uh, honestly we yeah. i listened to the uh the bunch of those interviews already and it just seeing the minds behind star wars is is so deep and it gives me a better appreciation for star wars as a whole yeah um sure. yeah very true you were mentioning video games so really quick yeah what is your favorite star wars video game oh man oh that's a tough one um it's the first Star Wars game I remember playing vividly, and it's mm-hmm. got to be Shadows of the Empire. Awesome. The score for that game 
and it was a game that honestly it, it scared me as a kid. I remember there was a there was a level that you started out. I think it may have been in oh man, I forget where it was, but I know it was like well into the game, and you just started out in this very dark building, and there was always this one guy that you could shoot from where you were standing, and usually I'd just shoot that guy, and I'd stop playing because I'd be like I can't <laughs> I can't venture out because I feel like something's gonna jump at me. Um, but yeah, Shadows. Uh, the Obi-Wan game that came out with Xbox, I, I loved that game to death. I know people criticized it for, uh, you know, the mechanics and whatnot, but I really like that game. And, and now Jedi Fallen Order. I mean, it's it's really revitalized sort of the story-driven Star Wars game that has like some, a lot of feeling of, of you know, the open world kind of game, which I hope we get, you know, in like a Red Dead Redemption kind of vein one day, but... Uh, yeah, Shadows is yeah. Shadows is the first one. Shadows, nice, nice. Yeah. I'm I'm a firm supporter of let's make like a Star Wars game that's very Assassin Creed esque, yeah. almost like what um, Star Wars. Yeah. If you remember the Bounty 13, Hunter 13. game, thirteen thirteen was what it was going to be similar to. Right. Um, I don't know if you remember the Bounty Hunter game, um, Star Wars Bounty Hunter yeah, on yeah. PS2, I believe. Yep. I, I would love mm-hmm. that to be almost remade into an Assassin's Creed style where you are a bounty hunter. I'd be yeah. definitely for that. That'd be That'd cool. Be awesome. Yeah. Did you like the uh, new update for Jedi Fallen Order? I haven't played it yet. I haven't. Gotcha. I haven't updated it yet. Uh, it's funny. My dad actually told me about it. I was showing him something else, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, did you hear they updated Jedi Fallen Order?" I'm like, "Wait, what? I got to go do that." So I'll probably be doing that um, soon. Yeah. I'm gonna give you this warning. So I don't know what difficulty you played Jedi Fallen Order on, but I recently went back in it's been like probably four months five months actually since i finished yeah. the game and and beat it i went back into the the new content that they added uh-huh. i can't it's very hard i can't uh i can't beat it <laughs> <laughs> i might have to change my difficulty level i don't know i don't know but yeah i'm gonna give you that uh that warning before you gotcha. get back into it <laughs> maybe go through go through a couple levels replay through it they did add like a, a new plus uh storyline okay with with a new lightsaber crystal and um, a new outfit and stuff like that, okay. so yeah, check it out. So we'll do. Yeah, and you, the listener out there, should check out next week's episode. Josh, who are we talking about? We are talking about Master Yoda, Mister Mister Master Yoda. Master Master Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> Super excited for that one. It's going to be a lot of fun. There is a lot to dive into, and as Josh already highlighted, he thinks he's the strongest connection with the force what do you think out there listener let us know on our twitter account at wannabe jedi cast and make sure to check out our facebook and instagram which is wannabe jedi podcast thank you guys so much for tuning in david thank you for joining us it was a lot of fun a lot of great star wars discussion we hope we can do this again soon yeah man absolutely gotta have you guys on our show one day we'd love that we would love to join you yeah looking forward to it and we'll see you guys all next week take care everyone may the force be with you all Perfect.